Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. There's a word from the Lord for you on today. Uh, this, this text is going to sound familiar to one or two of you. I just shared from this passage of scripture back in March, just before we shut down for the pandemic. But this is a different message. It's going to have the same titles, uh, this, the same points, but has been gutted out, it's been renovated, uh, recalibrated. And I want you to tune in to uh, this word for the, from the Lord for today. Acts chapter 4, I'm going to start at verse 29. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. I'm going to read verses 29 to 37, where the people of God are praying. The people of God are praying. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 37. Here's what we find in the word of God. And now, O Lord, Hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, for instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. I want to take a close look at this this prayer that the people of God rendered unto God and share with you this morning from the thought, expect God to move. Expect God to move. Amen. The recent presidential election saw record numbers of citizens casting their votes for the candidates of their choice. Across America, more people voted in this election than any other in modern history. Some credit the current voting system for this fact with mail-in voting and various means to register to vote. It was easier to get more citizens involved in the election process. I believe there's another reason why we saw record numbers of citizens casting their votes for president. We felt threatened, very threatened. I suppose everyone felt threatened, Democrats and Republicans, conservatives and liberals, black folk, white folk, brown folk, red folks, pro-life folks, pro-choice folks, MAGA folks and BLM folks. People who worry about their guns being taken as well as folks who worry about being shot while black. Everyone felt threatened. 
citizens who wanted four more years of Trump and folks who have had enough of his lies and incompetence. Folks who, folks who felt the need to shut down the nation, to slow down the coronavirus, and folks who felt it was the last thing we needed to do because of its detrimental impact on the economy. Everybody felt threatened. Folks who wanted more done for civil rights and those who would, who would block civil rights efforts all felt threatened. I believe everyone feeling threatened drove people to the polls to vote in the recent presidential election. Peter, John, and the people of God have assembled to pray uh, in our text today after they were threatened by religious leaders. Peter and John helped a lame man get healed back in Acts chapter 3. And in Acts chapter 4, they're interrogated by old school religious leaders. They're old school, y'all. They, they, they follow the law. They, they, they don't believe Jesus of Nazareth was the promised Christ, the promised Messiah sent by God. And they do not embrace the resurrection. If you still have your Bible or your app open, uh, do, the, do the moonwalk back to verse 1 of Acts chapter 4. It says, while Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests and the captain of the temple guard and some of the Sadducees. Uh, these leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, they put them in jail until morning. Jump down to verse number five. Verse five of Acts chapter four says, the next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Now watch what happens in verse number six. Very, very interesting what happens here in verse six. Annas, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. Let me tell you why this is very important. Why this is so intriguing, because Annas and Caiaphas were the same guys who orchestrated Jesus' crucifixion. So you can only imagine what went through Peter and John's minds when they spent the night in jail. Annas and Caiaphas were guys who orchestrated having, having Jesus executed. They, they had enough power to ensure that Jesus was killed. And you can only imagine that Peter and John were thinking while they spent the night in jail. Man, they about to have us killed too. Verse 7 says, they brought in the two disciples that next day and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Now, Peter's going to respond when you jump down to verse 10. In Acts chapter 4, verse 10, Peter gives them a response. He says, let me clearly state to all of you, let me read it in my north side of Flint way. Uh, let, let, let me tell all of y'all something. And to all the people of Israel that he has that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Now, it is not so obvious reading at the surface level. But Peter, Peter is setting himself up for some serious trouble right here because he could easily be accused of blasphemy and then executed. He opens the door to blasphemy and, and, and talking as if he's worshiping Jesus and making Jesus out to be an idol. He says, he says this, is, this was done, this, this man was healed by the name of the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Now the Sadducees vehemently denied the resurrection of the dead. Peter knows what he's doing. He knows that as he explains how the man who was lame for 40 years got healed back in Acts chapter 3. Uh, that he's setting himself up to be stoned, to be executed, to be killed. Look at verse 11. Peter doesn't stop. 
Peter doesn't know when to shut up. Pete, Pete keeps on when he says in verse 11, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. So now Peter and John, Peter and John, being untrained theologians, throw scripture and shade in, uh, at these experts in scripture. They're, they're talking to men who are who are educated in the scriptures. They they know the scriptures. They devote their lives to interpreting and teaching the scriptures. And Pete and John, they, they insist. Look at verse 12. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Now, look at verse 17. The scene continues when you jump down to verse 17. Uh, now, 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 Peter and John have been kicked out of the room. Uh, Annas, Caiaphas, and John, all these other religious uh, leaders, they're hot. They're fuming, y'all. They, they're livid, and they're trying to determine what to do with Peter and John and, and these other troublemakers in Jerusalem. Look at verse 17. Uh, but to keep them from spreading their propaganda, they're coming up with a plan to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further. We must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot help but tell everything we have seen and heard. Here it is in verse 21. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go. The threat from the religious leaders was a real threat. These guys aren't selling wolf tickets. They meant business. Peter and John returned to the assembly, the congregation there in Acts chapter 4, verse 29, in the Union Grove Missionary Baptocostal Holiness Catholical Presbyterianistic Church of God Assembly of the Lord Most High in Jerusalem and told them what happened. And the saints responded to the threat with a prayer meeting. And their prayer included, look at verse 24. Verse 24, their prayer included adoration. Adoration. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. They included adoration in their prayer unto God. I would encourage you to do the same thing. That when you're praying unto God, just, just speak of how much you adore him in, in regards to who he is and the magnificent things he done. But not only do they include adoration, but in verse 25 and 26, they include reiteration, reiteration. Verse 25, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. They prayed God's word back to God. Listen, not to remind God of what he said. We never need to remind God of what he said. This is to reinforce our faith in his word. And it also lets the devil know that we have no intentions of fighting fair. Because, listen, he is no match. The enemy is no match for the, for the powerful, eternal word of God. Their, their prayer included adoration. It included reiteration. But mainly, y'all, their prayer included expectation. Expectation. Look at verse 29. Verse, we're going to look at verses 29 and 30. But I want you to understand there's, there's power in praying 
in expectation. Here's what the Bible says in Mark 11, verses 22 to 24. Jesus talks about how powerful it is to pray with expectation. Mark 11, 22 to 24. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, you, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you that you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. There's power in praying with expectation, power in praying in expectation. And when you're going through, pray as if you expect God to move on your behalf. Let me lift up a couple of things that these saints of God expected God to do. And we're going to re raise up and eat what's left over from Thanksgiving Day. Uh, first of all, they expected God to hear the threats of their enemies. Oh, yeah. They expected God to hear the threats of their enemies. Look at verse number 29. Verse 29, they say, uh, and now, O Lord, hear their threats. They expected God to hear the threats of their enemies. They turned to the only person who could hear the threats and then do something to look out for the saints. The saints of God could not turn to a sheriff. They could not turn to a police chief. There was no district attorney on their behalf. There, there was no attorney general to whom they could turn, nor was there an FBI. No one to whom they could turn who would look out for the saints of God in Jerusalem. There was no news outlet who would care to hear about these, these poor peasants, these outsiders, these marginalized folks who followed this, who followed this hoax of a Messiah named Jesus. There was no one who would look out for them but God. No one. But it's good to know we can turn to the Lord when we're threatened by our enemies because although your enemy is trying to kill you, God is trying to keep you. God looks out for you. God can hear your enemies and it's good to know because when your enemies are trying to kill you, God is trying to keep you. Uh, when I was growing up, I told y'all this story before, but when I was growing up, I got into it with my playmate, a young man named Vincent, who lived right next door to me. And uh, we had got into it, and I felt like Vincent had got the best of me. So I told him I was going to get him back, and I was going to get him back too, y'all. I was just waiting for the right opportunity, just waiting for the right day and right time. I was going to get Vincent back. So uh, one day I was sitting on my front porch uh, waiting on Vincent to come outside, and I, I saw him coming out of his front door. And I, I was about to get up and take care of unfinished business, and uh, Vincent, Vince, Vincent's aunt named Bam was standing right behind behind him in the door and uh, she looked out the door right into my eyes and she told Vincent go on to the store ain't nobody gonna mess with you today she was looking at me talking to him uh, talking to me looking looking at me and she said go on, go on to the store ain't nobody gonna mess with you today needless to say I don't know if anybody else messed with Vincent that day but I didn't because I Bam wasn't gonna get me not that day not that day Bam must have heard the threat that I was going to get Vincent, because I was going to get him too. I was going to get him. But she must have heard that wasn't nobody, that I wasn't going to mess with him. Uh, uh, we can pray, y'all. We can pray and ask God to hear the threats of our enemies. But the truth is, he's already heard them. He's already heard them because God hears 
everything. God, God hears everything. Nothing escapes his all hearing ear nor his all seeing eye. God, God hears the threats of our enemies. And listen, there's a there's a couple of incidents in the Bible like like when Jezebel uh, threatened to have the prophet Elijah killed. God must have heard her threat because uh, God dispelled, dispelled, dispensed an angel to come and see about Elijah and strengthen him for his journey. Jezebel threatened to kill Elijah, but Jehovah kept Elijah because God hears the threats of your enemies. King Nebuchadnezzar made his made this idol. And issued a decree that when the trumpet blew, everyone was to bow down and worship this idol that he had made. He threatened to throw anyone who would not bow down into a fiery furnace. But God must have heard him. Because when King Nebuchadnezzar had the three Hebrew boys bound and thrown into the furnace, the Lord jumped in there with him, installed some supernatural air conditioning. And although King Nebuchadnezzar tried to kill these Hebrew boys, God kept them. God hears the threats of your enemies. So despite whoever or whatever is trying to kill you, please remember God is able to keep you. When anyone or anything threatens your life, turn to God in prayer. Lord, behold their threats. I'm expecting you to move on my behalf. As a matter of fact, again, let me remind you that you don't even have to ask God to hear them. God has already heard them. And, and when they were running their mouths talking smack, Here's the deal, y'all. When your enemies are threatening you, God has already prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies so you can have peace. God prepared a table before you so you can have joy while your enemies are talking junk. God prepared a table before you so you can chill in the midst of chaos. So since God has heard your enemies, he is expecting you to be secure in your situation. Since God has heard the threats of your enemies, he is expecting you to rest in perfect peace experience tranquility knowing you will come out of your situation triumphant because God has heard your the threats of your enemies if you believe that I need an amen in those comments today the saints expected God to hear the threats of their enemies they also number two they also expected God to help them preach his word I'm still in verse 29 verse 29 says and now O Lord hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word I find it interesting. They didn't ask God to fight their battles. They asked God to give them boldness to fight back. And sometimes rather than have God fight your battles, God is at the ready to give you power to fight back. Isn't that something? They asked for his help so they could fight back by preaching God's word. They were threatened for preaching God's word. They were threatened for, for God using them to, to release miracles and signs and wonders. And here they are asking for power to fight back. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? They were, they were threatened to not preach Jesus anymore, but they turned around and asked God to help them preach his word anyhow. They wanted God to give them power to preach the word of God because the power of God driving them to preach was more powerful than that driving their enemies. Their enemies were well-intended religious leaders. They are teachers of the Old Testament law. They are well-educated, probably wealthier than most Jews, and very influential. How the Jews viewed God, how they worshiped, and how they lived will be based on the teachings of these leaders. They're powerful. 
They're powerful. If they wanted to have you executed, they could finagle and lie and influence certain Roman politicians and have you executed, and they would get away with it, just like they did Jesus. They're powerful. They're powerful, y'all. But the power driving them is not the same power driving the folks praying in our text. The threats came from zealous religious leaders. That's what drove them, y'all. It was a bunch of zeal. And we could probably add the determination to control these Jesus followers and maintain control and influence over the Jews was what drove them to be so evil and threaten these men and women of God. Peter, John, and the saints wanted God to help them preach his word. They wanted God's power to be their source in proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. They wanted more than zeal. They wanted more than good intentions. They wanted power that would, that would cause hearts to be convicted of sin. They wanted power that would cause lives to change, y'all. They, they, they wanted power that would transform communities and nations. They wanted power greater than the power of their enemies. I got a friend, y'all. Some of y'all might think he's crazy, but I got a friend right here in middle Georgia. And uh, we went to the gun range one day, and he told me that he had all kinds of weapons, all, just all kinds of firearms. And, and I said, man, why do you have so many guns? Why do you have so many? He said, if any anybody uh, meaning good or evil come to my house whether they're law enforcement or burglar or otherwise they come to my house I want to make sure I got more power than what they got so no matter who comes to my front door ain't nobody gonna just roll up in my crib and think they're gonna take what I got anybody come to my house with anything chances are I what I have is more powerful than what they have y'all the truth is the truth is y'all when we have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us driving us to do the will of God empowering us to do what God has purposed us to do what we have is more powerful than what the world has but the truth is the truth is both sides thought they were doing God's will if we sat both parties down if we sat Ananias, Caiaphas, and the other religious leaders down on one side of the room and then sat Peter, John, and the other, others committed to following Jesus on the other side of the room, we would have two opposing groups worshiping the same God. But they are at odds with one another. But both thoroughly convinced that they are in the will of God and the opposing side is not. This ought to sound familiar to some of y'all. This, this ought to sound familiar to a whole bunch of us. Christians, we see it when Christians who are pro-choice and those who are pro-life at odds with both being convinced they are in the will of God while believing those espousing the, opposite, the opposing view are out of the will of God. Christians who support a conservative federal judge appointment who is clearly anti-civil rights at odds with Christians who are pro-civil rights and oppose such an appointment. One side will believe they are in the will of God while believing the other is out of the will of God. We, we can see it when Christians who believe Trump is God's choice to lead America and the recent presidential election was stolen from him and those who believe otherwise. This text ought to challenge all of us to ask, which side really has God's power? Which side will God help? Will God help folks pushing Make America Great Again and Black Lives Matter? 
Is God driving both of these cars? Can God drive an old school Ford LTD and a brand new Mercedes S550? I know God can hang in the projects and the suburbs. I know God can, can have a Coke and Pepsi, the Lakers and the Celtics, Alabama and Georgia. God can help black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics. But is God empowering pro-choice and pro-life, conservatives and liberals, us and them? Let me drop this in your spirit. Regardless of your political view or stance on social issues, seek with a pure heart for his help to preach his word. And I mean what really reflects the heart of God. We need God to help us preach what reflects the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. And expect God to move and release his power by filling you with his spirit and preach his word. And preach it without threatening other people's lives. Preach it without abusing your power. Preach it without pronouncing curses on other believers who do not espouse your view. Preach it without questioning the Christianity of folks who don't see things the way you see things. Ask God to help you preach his word, his rightly divided word, his carefully exegeted word, and watch God move on your behalf. I'm telling you, they prayed, y'all, and they expected God to help them preach his word, and he gave them what they asked for. God blessed them with boldness for preaching. Verse 31 of Acts chapter 4 says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. And then verse 33 says, the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. Y'all, they preached the word of God with great power that's what they asked for when they were going through God help us to preach your word again they didn't ask God to help to, to fight their battles rather they asked God to help them fight back by giving them boldness to preach his word and I'm telling you he did just that and don't get it twisted Please don't get it twisted. They didn't ask for power to put on a show on Sunday morning or at the revival. They didn't ask for power to dump the house or make folks shout. God helped them preach with boldness in a dangerous context. And he gave them what they asked for. And sinners got saved. This is the kind of power we need when we go to work. We need to go to work and see sinners get saved. Sick folk were being healed out in the streets. And that's what we need out in our streets sick folk being healed this power is what we need to combat darkness with this power miracles were released signs and wonders were performed lives were changed can you imagine what types of folks were brought to the Lord I bet some idol worshipers some alcoholics some some all types of addicts crooks Thieves, folks like your unsaved loved ones, folk like my unsaved loved ones, folk like your unsaved and my unsaved nephews and nieces, folks like our unsaved cousins, folk like our unsaved co-workers, folks like you before you came to Christ, folks like me before I came to Christ, all experienced the life-changing power of the grace of God. And if we pray, expecting God to move, if we, if we pray and ask him to help us preach his word, I bet God will give us what we ask for. Preach so that souls are saved. Preach so that lives are changed. Preach so that people's lives are turned around to the glory of almighty God. They prayed, y'all. They prayed. 
They prayed and expected God to move. They prayed and expected God to hear the threats of their enemies. They prayed and they expected God to help them preach his word. And finally, finally, they expected God to stretch out his hand. They, they expected God to stretch out his hand. Look at that 30th verse. We're going to wrap this up. Verse 30, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They asked God to stretch out his hand and perform miracles, signs, and wonders. God's miracle signs and wonders would advance God's kingdom and push back the kingdom of darkness. God did it, y'all. He did it. He, he did it by filling them with his spirit as an answer to their prayer. They expected God to move, and he did it. He did it. He gave them what they asked for. Not only will God do it for you, but God will do it through you. And they were now empowered to counteract the devil's effect on humanity. If you were to jump down to Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 16, you will see that these people of God, these people of God are being used of God to work these miracles. People are being healed. It says that, that in verse 12, the apostles were performing many Miraculous signs and wonders among the people, all the people meeting regular, regularly. Look at verse, ver, verse 14. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Verse 15. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Verse 16. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. God did it y'all he did it then and he can do it now I wish I had some help up in here as we face so many sicknesses and diseases let's pray that God stretches out his mighty hand as our country is in need of healing let's pray that God stretches out his mighty hand he'll do it y'all he'll do it because God is heavy-handed He's have you ever had somebody hit you and they heavy handed they just tapping you in their mind they just tapping you on the back and they about knocking all the wind out of you they just heavy handed God is heavy handed do you know anybody else heavy handed God is heavy handed he is so heavy handed he can heal cancer he can stretch out his hand and heal lupus he can stretch out his hand and heal PTSD he can heal addiction diabetes he can reverse the effects of strokes he can dissolve blood clots uh, he can dissolve tumors he can heal broken hearts he can heal a broken nation God is able to stretch out his mighty hand and work miracles I'm telling you he's able he's able to stretch out his hand he's he's heavy-handed he can perform signs and wonders with his hand he can move and feed multitudes with sardines and Hawaiian dinner rolls with his hands he, he he can take his hand and open doors that are welded shut to people who look like you God is heavy-handed he he can stretch out his hand and put food on your table turkey and dressing chitlins and collard greens mustard greens and turnip greens sweet potato pie and chocolate ice cream God God is heavy handed. He can stretch out his hand and heal cancer. He can stretch out his hand and, and deliver from depression. God is able to stretch out his hand and open blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears, make lame folk jump up and do the electric slide. God can stretch out his hand and heal because our God is heavy handed. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about because he's done it for you. 
God has done it for you. He, he that's, that's how you survived that heart attack because God stretched out his hand and performed signs and wonders in your life. Huh? God has done it for you because God stretched out his hand. When you had that stroke, God stretched out his hand and worked a miracle. When, when you survived breast cancer or prostate cancer or, or throat cancer, it's because God stretched out his hand and performed signs and wonders and healed your body. I need you to let someone else know that if God did it for you, he can do it for them. Put in those comments, God, I know God is heavy handed because he stretched out his hand and healed me one day. Whatever, whatever God may have healed you of, I need you to testify that God, God has done it for you and encourage somebody else who's streaming and let them know that if he's done it for you, he can do it for them. Be a witness and testify that God is able to stretch forth his hand and turn things around. Tell them he's done it for you and he's able to do it for them. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. I mentioned this before, but here's the kicker. Don't miss this. Don't expect God to stretch out his hand if all you're going to do is sit on your hand. Don't expect God to stretch out his hand unless you're willing to get up off your hand. Watch what God did. The apostles, watch what God and the apostles did after he answered that prayer. Once again, Acts chapter 5 is in the text. I ain't lying to you. It's in the text. Acts chapter 5, verse 12. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. Then in verse 15, and as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Expect God to move. But sometimes when you're expecting God to move, you've got to move. You've got to move. There are times when God moves when there's nothing else we can do. But then there are some other times when God only moves while you're moving to advance his kingdom. Sometimes God will move and bless while you're moving to do his will. Sometimes God will move and save while you're moving to fulfill his purposes. In other words, there are miracles that will not manifest unless we move in agreement with how God is moving in our midst. If you want to see a miracle in your marriage, you need to move in agreement with how God is moving. If you want to see healing manifest in our nation, we need to move in agreement with how God is moving. If you want to see, if we want to see uh, our children live as, they, as if they have visions and dreams, we need to move in agreement with how God is moving because sometimes God stretches out his hand expecting me and you to get off our hands and our excuses and our fears and our criticism and our bitterness. Sometimes God will stretch out his hand, but you got to get up off your hand and move in agreement with how God was moving well as I prepare to close as I prepare to close and recuperate from all that I ate on Thanksgiving day and let you to resume recuperating from all that you ate on Thanksgiving day we got to be aware of this simple fact that the people of God were threatened and they prayed to God and God moved on their behalf God moved and sinners got saved God moved and the sick were healed God moved, but the threat is still there. The threat is still there. While God answered the prayer, God answered the prayer, but Caiaphas and Annas and the other angry, hostile religious leaders are still angry. They're still hostile. The people of God and, and are still doing the thing they were told not to do. They could be killed for preaching. They could be killed for getting folk healed, but they kept on preaching. They kept on getting folk healed. Now, here it is, y'all. Here's the shout. They had 
have an unresolved issue, but God is moving in their midst. This teaches us that we don't dictate where God moves or how God moves or what God moves. God moves as he wants, when he wants, where he wants, as long as he wants, whatever he wants, and upon whomever he wants. So you and I have to trust him to have his way. Let God have his way and move as he wants, when he wants, where he wants, as long as he wants, whatever he wants, and upon whomever he wants. Our faith must focus on more than our problems. Our prayers must be larger than all of our problems. And our praise cannot be predicated on what God does about our problems so sometimes you got to serve him with unresolved issues sometimes you got to move on in your purpose with threats looming over your head sometimes you have to serve him with your life on the line expect God to move but let him have his way expect God to move and when he does move get up and go on and serve him can I get a witness here when you see him move Go on and praise him. When you see God moving, even if he's not solving your problem, join him in what he's doing and tell him, God, have your way in my life. Have your way with my mind. Have your way with my heart. I know you ain't solved my problem yet, but I expect you to have your way in my marriage. Have your way in my finances. Have your way with my career and when you expect God to have his way God expects you to give him praise so if there's anybody streaming if there's anybody listening who has unresolved problems you're still waiting on God to handle your enemies you're still waiting on God to handle your haters can you serve them while you wait can you praise him while you wait can you go on while you wait can you tell him hallelujah while you wait can you tell him thank you while you wait thank you for releasing your power thank you for hearing every threat but even more important I thank you God for moving every mountain that you have moved I thank you God for the ways you have made I thank you God for hearing me when I call on your name and now Lord receive this praise now Lord receive this hallelujah now Lord receive this thank you Jesus thank you for how you're keeping me even when they're trying to kill me thank you for hearing me while they're hating me thank you for all you've done and my answer still is yes yes to your will yes to your way yes I'll trust you yes I'll obey is there anybody listening anybody streaming who still says yes yes with unresolved issues yes with threats looming over my head yes 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 you've been good to me yes you've been good to me yes you kept me yes you're watching over me yes yes I'm gonna make it yes yes I'm gonna be all right yes yes I'm gonna see you do 
exceeding abundantly above all I could ask or think. Yes, yes, you're worthy. Yes, yes, you're worthy. Yes, yes, somebody. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.